I told you everything I know. No, no. The monsters. N Nightbreed. Can they die? What harm they ever done to you? Can they die? Yeah. How? Well, there, there are all kinds of breed. Uh, all kinds of ways to kill them. Uh, uh, bullets for some and, and uh, f fire for others. Why is it that you know so much about them? I, I, I wanted to be one of them. <laughs> Did they kick you out? Is that why you hate them so much? <laughs> I'm not one of them. I'm here to destroy them. See, I've cleaned up a lot of breeders. Families like cesspools. Filth making filth making filth. And, and I did it over and over and over again. But it was all leading me here. I was born to destroy Boone and the breed together. You're crazy. No, I'm deaf. Plain and simple. Say it! Welcome to the Mad Dad Movie Review, a podcast full of first-time movie reviews starring Mads and her dad. Hi, Mads. And I'm her dad, and this is Mad, Mad Dad, dad movie, movie Review. Well, the time has arrived. We have entered October. And with that being said, welcome to the first episode of this year's Mad Dad Movie Review Horathon. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the Hall Halloween <laughs> Horathon. So, as I've been talking about the last couple weeks now, uh, what that entails is we've got about f f we 12, got 13, we got a bunch of movies lined up. And we're going to be filming twice a week. What's that? We're filming twice a week now instead of one. We're going to we're gonna try our best to give you guys two episodes a week. That will be hard though. So that means we have to film more episodes. That's okay. We got this. So we're going to kick off the season. With, you got that? Mm-hmm. Just turning it back on. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to kick off the season with Nightbreed. But before we get to that, I want to let everyone know that they can find past episodes <laughs> on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Stricker, sorry, Stitcher, <laughs> And wherever else you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook.com at Mad Dad Movie Review. Instagram.com at Mad Dad Movie Review. YouTube.com at Mad Dad Movie Review. And Twitter.com at Mad Dad Movie Pod. And of course, you can email any questions, comments, requests to Mad Dad Movie Review at gmail.com. All right. As I said, we're kicking off this season with Nightbreed, the 
not quite Cabal Cut, but I will get to that later. <clears throat> but we did watch a Director's Cut edition of Nightbreed. Um, and that, 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 that being said, this is a film that I remember watching this when I was younger, about seven or eight years old. It was always on Cinemax. Um, this scene in particular with Decker killing the family in the beginning, even though it's kind of a controversial scene, and I'm going to get to that later on as to why, that is the scene that stuck out to me as a kid. Um, and then revisiting it years later, um, yeah, I, that, that scene happened, and I was like, oh, this is that movie again. Okay, I remember this. So, yeah, Nightbreed, like I said, watched it a boatload of times when I was younger. Um, I always found this uh, to be a fun movie. Um, it is a dark fantasy with horror elements. Mm -hmm. um, it's something different. It's unique. There's a reason I wanted to do, wanted to do this. Um, and I'm kind of excited to talk about it. So that being said, let's get down to the nitty gritty. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. So, Nightbreed. Released February 16th, 1990 from 20th Century Fox and Morgan Creek Productions. It opened up in sixth place. Also opening that week was Driving Miss Daisy, Hard to Kill, Revenge, Madhouse, and Born on the Fourth of July. Opening weekend gross was $3.7 million. Total gross, $8.9 million on a budget of $11 million. This was directed by Clive Barker, produced by Gabriella Martinelli, John Turtle, and Joe Roth. Written for the screen by Clive Barker. Music by the great Danny Elfman. Edited by Mark Goldblatt and Richard Martin. Cinematography by Robin Vigian. And this stars Craig Sheffer as Boone, or Cabal. Ann Bobby as Lori. David Cronenberg as Decker. Charles Hayde as Captain Eigerman, Hugh Quarshie as Detective Joyce, Hugh Ross as Narcisse, Doug Bradley as Lousberg, Vincent, ah, Nicholas Vince as Kinski, and Simon Bamford as Onaka. Mads, yes. what's your first impressions of this? First impressions. <laughs> Would you kind of start with a sigh? It's like, okay. <laughs> Because I have no idea. We haven't talked about this. We never talk yeah. until the episode, so um, kind of curious. Like I usually say, I liked it. it rem Give me something. <laughs> I know. Okay. It was. I thought it was going to be more scary. I thought there was going to be a lot of like jump scares. That was going to be that one of those kind of movies, and uh, it kind of wasn't. Surprisingly to me, it wasn't that um that many. Jump no, scares. I mean you'd be lucky if there was mm -hmm. a handful of jump scares total this entire movie. Because it's not that kind of movie. I mean, like, I had one jump scare, but, like, I didn't, like, jump, like, oh, my God, like, that scared me, like, I could, yeah. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> it's, like, not a scene that be, like, oh, I can't tell it's coming, Rewatching it. Mm-hmm. But, I liked it, I mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I got a bunch to talk about, so let me jump into this, and why I love this film, so that, <laughs> all right. I love this film because of the craft. I'm sorry, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't read your handwriting. 
I know, I'm taking scratch handwriting, sorry. Alright, I love this film because of the craft Clive Barker gives towards this entire gives towards this entire idea or story. Um, I hate the way I worded that. Basically, I love this film because of the dedication that Barker put towards this movie. I'll jump into that later on. Um, I love this film because it's a dark and unusual story where even kids aren't safe. I love it because of the illusion... I'm sorry, the inclusion of the Decker character in the fantasy horror tale. I love this film because of Danny Elfman's incredible score that might as well be a character in itself. I love this movie because it features old-school practical and stop-motion effects. I love it because it'll always be a seri- I'll always be a serious fan of Ralph McQuarrie's matte paintings in this. Um, more on that later. I love it because this is such an original and well-put-together movie. I love it because Decker's mask has always scared the eight-year-old's Ed. The eight-year-old's, my eight-year-old self, or the eight-year-old Ed. And finally, I love this movie because everything is true. God's an astronaut. Odds is over the rainbow. And Midian is where the monsters live. Quick's Corner, um, kind of like last one, just going to breeze through some of these scores. Rotten Tomatoes score of 39% from 28 reviews, Metacritic meta score of 40 out of 14 reviews, and a letterbox average score of 3.2 out of 5. So, you know, the middle of the road reviews, um, I'd say more people lean more towards not so good with the critics, but... At the end of the day, he gives a rat's ass what they think. Um, so, the first thing I want to jump into with this movie, um, let's just let's just go down and talk about how the how, how the actors are in this movie because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of big name people in this movie. Um, I've never heard of half of these people. You've never None heard of, of these any people. of these people. <laughs> yeah. I would say the only person in this movie you probably know of is Doug Bradley, and that's only because and that's Lasbro, the guy who has the the three eyes underneath on his cheeks, like the leader of the Nightbreed. Oh. Uh-huh. He's the old. He's the old man. He's not really. He wasn't not that old. That's just practical makeup. Uh, Doug Bradley, um, was Pinhead, the Hellraiser movies. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I haven't even seen. The general people will probably know Craig Sheffer from back then. He was kind of a big deal, like for a couple years in the early '90s, and then kind of dwindled away. Um, David Cronenberg, who plays Doctor Decker, he's a big name, but not for this reason. Not for his acting chops. David Cronenberg is a highly acclaimed, um, one of my favorite directors. And this is kind of an unusual role for him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was more of a personal favor to Clive Barker than anything else. Because it's kind of an unusually big role um, for him and to be like it's not like your standard cameo like david cronenberg was also in the film he was in jason x in the very beginning he's in that sucker for like two minutes tops gets killed by jason thank you very much have a good day <laughs> whereas this he's like he's third gets third billing so yeah kind of a big deal that david cronenberg um 
I want to touch base. I want to talk about Lori. Um, the character... It, this has nothing to do with the character of mm-hmm. Lori. And this is more directed towards Anne Bobby, who plays Lori. She sucks. I can't stand her. I think she's a terrible actress. Um, again, I love the character. Uh, she's very crucial to the story, but I don't like the way she's played. If anyone else played Lori, I feel like this I movie would have been... I could see other people been, playing. I mean, anyone. Yeah, I could see anyone, anyone playing about that character. That's just how, you know. I don't but, pay attention to acting that much or so. Oh, my God. This woman... Uh, in movies, I don't, like I don't realize that stuff. I never once bought in to her emotion at all. Oh, her movie. emotions, yeah, I can. I think she's stale. I think she gives off the goofiest faces. <laughs> one particular moment or scene is in the beginning of the movie. It's one of her first scenes, and she's singing this song at this cowboy bar, dude. You you gotta check out the faces she's making oh. trying this. I mean, it's clearly not her voice singing, but it's just the the faces she's making. I just you know, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm having a field day. I'm laughing my ass off, but you know it. Mm, no. And when she was scared, you like you could tell she was scared because of how like she sounded, but like you couldn't really tell from the facial expressions. I just never bought into her character, never once, not even at the end when she, her role was pretty, you know, uh, pivotal to the story. And it, again, it's not a knock on the character. I, I think the, the character Lori is very important. I like the cool, I like the, um, but the character. Cool. the way she was portrayed, can have anyone else, was anyone else around in 89? Anyone? I mean, I never even heard of this Ann Bobby. You know, it's like a one-and-done thing. I mean, maybe she's been in other things. Maybe I've seen her in other things, but I don't remember her. She's not a memorable person. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to get off of that. Because I don't want to be, be slandering, you know, a, a woman this entire episode. <laughs> like, you know. This is a whole episode. It's just going to be called <laughs> The Reasons like, Why I Hate Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Dad Hates Women. <clears throat> no. I mean, everyone... Everyone in Midian, everyone in the Nightbreed, I think does a a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I think everything from the emotions some of them give off Mm -hmm. to the the effects to everything, it's just the whole Nightbreed, you know thing it, it it works like this whole story and that's perfect for me let me jump into the next point of of of, of this episode and that is talking about barker's vision clive barker's vision so clive was fascinated with monsters and felt that there's a corner of all of us that envies their powers and would love to live forever or to fly or to change shape at will so when I came to make a movie about monsters, I wanted to create a world we feel strangely at home in. Clive was interested in creating a horror mythology from the ground up with characters who could live on in sequels. This was orig- originally when he wrote the story, because this came from a story like all of uh, Parker's work. It, it originated from a story called Cabal. 
and this was also supposed, they're supposed to be all it was envisioned people. as a trilogy so what happened well I can tell you what happened yeah, I'll just jump in the next one and that is the, the, get a little out of order here to, to, to tie in with what we're talking about Fox marketing they dropped the ball on this sucker big time um They didn't promote it well. They didn't promote it well with, they had posters that misinterpreted the content. Um, when Clive saw the way they were selling Nightbreed, he freaked out and said, what are you doing? This isn't the movie. And was given all kinds of excuses from the studio. Well, there isn't time to change it. We have to release it now, the head of marketing at Morgan Creek. That's basically what he had told Clive, when Clive came to them about the way that it was being promoted or lack thereof, you know, it just left them disgu disgusted and distressed. And I don't blame him because he put a lot of effort into this. Um, basically, the studio didn't understand this movie. Um, it had no movie stars in it. It was violent. It had elements. It had elements of fantasy. But then it had this other element of horror, like they a slasher should, movie. They should have just had um, him do the posters instead of Fox. Well, basically what Fox did was they went back at the last minute and they had reshoots. Like I can tell you right now, the scene that I mentioned earlier with that, that, that stands out to me, Decker killing the family early on, the, the, the parents mm -hmm. and, the, and the little yeah, kid, that was... That wasn't in Clive Barker's original version of the movie. His finished product didn't have that. That was added in the reshoots. Um, it was supposed to come out, I think, fall of 89, and it got pushed back to winter of 1990, and they brought in Cronenberg to do this Decker slasher movie sequence, essentially. And then they pretty much promoted what little promotion they did do they centered it around the Decker character and this, like, even on Shudder, prime example, today, even today, when Shudder was, because Shudder has only been around for, like, five or six years, I think, and when they first started, I remember the commercials for it all over the place, and it was really centering in on that, it was really driving in on that scene. It, had, it kept on showing, like, the father in the chair, the point of view of Decker walking up slowly behind him, the light going out before he grabbed him and slit his throat. Why did that? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's just weird. It, it it you know. So basically, looking back at it, Barker realized that Fox was better at promoting films like White Men Can't Jump, but not so good at selling the quirky stuff like this. You know. Then the the, the when the film did come out, the critics didn't do it any favors. You know, like I mentioned earlier, like. The consensus was kind of like in the middle, more towards no, like a lot of the res the general response was not good. Like, let me pull up a review real quick and give you an example. Like Derek Malcolm from The Guardian wrote, "It is neither direct nor subtle enough as a piece of filmmaking." It is difficult to suggest that evil is human and monsters have souls within the context of a m mountain of special effects. The result 
is patchy in the extreme and not always capable of transcending a genre that has become less and less intriguing as less and less is left to the imagination. Um, but then people like Ty Burr from Entertainment Weekly gave it a B rating and said, from the film's gothic sets, fantastic makeup, and nightmares plotline, it's clear that Barker owes as much to Poe and Lovecraft as to classic Hollywood screamers like Island of Lost Souls. But Barker's, but yeah, Barker's most preserved touch is that he makes these creatures the good guys. No wonder the PR flex were bamboozled, meaning Fox. Mm -hmm. They're like, wait a minute, the villain, the, the, the creatures are the good guys? Like, wait a minute. Despite their grotesque appearance, they're a, a more colorful and engaging bunch than the emissaries of the, of the normal world. Barker piles on more subversal subtext than his story can bear. It's a monster movie, after all, but his daft, grand gold guignol, guignol vision has real power. The quality that freaked out the studio, Barker's ambition, is precisely what makes Nightbreed so impressive. Like I say, this is something way outside the box of your normal big budget studio movie. Um, they basically gave Barker a three movie deal and then this was the first movie but he had ridiculous obligations and let's talk about that for a minute let me pull that up because let me tell you about this I, I read about this earlier and I was just flabbergasted by this when I saw that <clears throat> okay Nightbreed was the first of a planned three-picture deal with Barker. Barker, no, Barker had with Morgan Creek. Joe Roth's production, oh, Joe Roth is the head of Morgan Creek. Um, that, can, that included an adaptation of Son of Celluloid and a sequel to Nightbreed. So the first thing that Barker had to do was change the title of the film from his book, Cabal, to Nightbreed because Morgan Creek insisted on a more commercial title and thought that the original one didn't mean anything. So they gave him a budget of $11 million, pretty high for 30 years ago. And two, actually, it was actually $2 million more than what he had with Hellraiser. Um, they basically said, here's $11 million, make your thing, but, and here's the catch, you're contractually obligated to deliver an R-rated film but you can't make it as gory as Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser is a movie where they basically flay humans and stuff. Like I've heard of it. Yeah, it's you're like gonna be really seeing it. Movie. It's yeah. it's in the lineup. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but basically, you can't make it like that. It can't be as gory as that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It. Uh, it I'm just. That what do you, what do you, what do you what do you say to that? I think that's kind of crazy because the last movie was obviously gory, and then they just want the next movie to not be gory because that would make that would make no sense. No one's gonna want to see a movie, a sequel to a movie where that doesn't have as much gore. Uh, this is just a classic tale of filmmaker. Oh yeah, filmmaker versus studio, and it happens a lot in Hollywood. Um, at the end of the day, he was able to 
put out something that he was satisfied with in the end, minus things that were added on you know, uh, against his you know will. But there is there there is light at the end of the tunnel with, with this. So as I mentioned earlier, there is something called the Cabal Cut. And I've been talking about this movie. What I've been talking about is watching this and doing this episode. I've been labeling it Nightbreed, colon, the Cabal Cut. But then I start the episode and I'm like, not quite Cabal Cut. Okay, so basically what we watched, we watched the Scream Factory version that is that was released five years ago and is, or maybe four years ago, and it is... 20 minutes longer. It is, a, it is a director's cut with added film, but footage. Um, I believe there's actually some footage that aren't, that isn't even in the true, the true Cabal Cut edition. So it started, I believe, 2013. And I believe Clive, or someone close to Clive, or so, basically the footage was found that, that was cut from the studio. That Clive, Clive had a lot more stuff in Midian. Um, filmed but was just cut um, and what he did was he added more Midian he omitted altogether the Decker murder scene and mm-hmm. it, that, that scene's not in the Cabal cut at all and he took there's a scene at the end with Decker when he dies in the theatrical version the film ends with that turned priest who's trying to vows revenge on the Nightbreed, he goes, the last thing he does before the movie ends is he resurrects Decker with the mask on. Which we did not see. Because in the night, in the director's cut that Scream Factory put out that we watched, it is a post-credit scene. And that is what it is in the Cabal cut. But again... That BS, that mumbo jumbo with the the Decker killing the the family is completely... So basically he cut footage and added more footage and overall it's like two and a half hours long. The true Cabal cut stands at 152 minutes, I believe, or 155, something along those lines. That comes after two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. The cut that we watched, the director's cut, is exactly two hours the theatrical version is an hour and 40 minutes long. So we watched, Jeez. we still watched 20 minutes of added stuff. Obviously, it's not all the stuff, but it's we still something That's... that it, Barker still signed off on it and he's still happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have my hands on the true Cabal Cut, but to my understanding, to, but... to my understanding, no, 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 no the true Cabal oh. Cut. But to my understanding, I think only 5,000 versions were printed or, or uh, created or produced, I mean. So it's going to be hard to get your hands on those. Yeah. Like that's a and something else. Case. I do know when, when Scream Factory put out this Nightbreed version, they also had a limited edition version that had an extra disc. And that, that one, it goes for about two or $300. That's Maybe less. I think a one fifty actually. Now that I think about it, it's over a hundred dollars for sure. Um, because it was limited, limited and numbered, mm-hmm. kind of like my uh, possession Blu-ray. That's only limited to two thousand versions. I think that copy is uh, 
19-something. I, I thought you were about to say that was $2,000. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was only 2000 produced. Oh, I was like, well, why? No, 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 no. <laughs> And I don't know how much it cost because I did not buy it. it was uh, my not best $2, friend got that for me for Christmas last year. Oh, that's nice. Shout out to you, Burleson. Love you, man. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, this is just anything you want to add to this. The last thing I wanted to touch on was the legacy. So, I guess we can tie this the in. Legacy. What you. Mm-hmm. What, whatever you. You know what? I forgot. Filming. <laughs> well, the effects, I just want to give credit where credit's due because Bob Keen returned. Bob Keen's a gentleman the who worked on all good. of Clive Barker's movies. He did, he's responsible for the creation of Pinhead. He's responsible for bringing Candyman to the big screen. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Candyman is a Clive Barker movie. I did not know that. Herb's a Clive Barker. I want to see Candyman. Candyman came, no, no, no. Candyman came from a a short story from Clive Barker in the 80s. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it came from a short story. It wasn't called Candyman. (laughs) And that would be copyright. Now, how so? He's an if executive he, producer on it. Oh, well, th- that's different then. Um, yeah, Candyman is Clive Barker, and Hellraiser, and, you know, thinking back, looking back on it, Clive Barker's a huge name in horror, but I don't feel he has uh, as much... You would think someone for as big as his name is, he would have more out there. Kind of like a, uh, I can't even think of the top of my head. But what I'm getting at is for a, for a big name as Clive Barker, you'd think he'd have more mm-hmm. movies in the world. <clears throat> but in his defense, he does a lot. He's more than just a filmmaker. I mean, the guy, he does short stories. He's a writer. He's an artist. Jeez. He does a lot more than just make movies you know and someone like that wouldn't have all this time yeah so i don't know i guess that was selfish of me to say something like that but what you got a guy who's got his hands full doing other things and just making movies and i'm like i wish there was more i wish he did more movies literally he has he has he's got a vision i love it you know like as i was saying he's um, all over the place (laughs) bob keen and his effects and his animatronics in this movie are incredible. And the Ralph McQuarrie matte paintings, especially the Necropolis scene, um, just great, great. It's beautiful stuff. It really is. So, all right. I guess that will... Uh, take care of the discussion for Nightbreed. Um, what is your unbiased MVP, MVP pick for this movie? Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> we were Wait like, a minute. No, we were talking about this earlier and I was like... Wait <laughs> God damn it. Wait a minute. Hold on. The woman I hate, you loves. No! Unbiased MVP pick is not the character; it's the actor. I know that. I don't. I don't pay attention to people's like acting like that, like you do, though. I, you need to start. 
you're picking Lori as your MVP for this whole okay, man. Okay, but you I need picked her because she just stuck out to me. I don't know. All right, well. She was in. I don't really have much to add to this because I had like a five-minute segment earlier in this episode where I just kind of like trashed her performance and stuff. So I really don't have much to say. I mean, it's, uh, and that's all you need to say. <laughs> My unbiased MVP pick for this role, for this film, is David Cronenberg. Man doesn't do acting, but he does a lot with what he's given in this movie. Like, he's, it's a big role for him. I, I think his performance is, it, 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 it there's, he leaves a lot to be desired in, in some moments, mm-hmm. but I think overall, did a heck of a job for someone who doesn't normally act. Um, that's why I'm going to give that man, I'm going to throw the dog a bone, give him the MVP for this. So, David Cronenberg is my MVP pick. What's your uh, Be Kind Rewind moment? I your mean, most I rewatchable was, moment. I was thinking, it's like, I don't think I have one. Um, I enough. Like, I like the whole movie. I rewatched the whole movie. <laughs> For me, the whole entire Battle of Midian, the whole third act, mm-hmm. that Battle of Midian, that is awesome. I mean, yeah. it's 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 basically your the cops, the sheriff, and all of his deputies and whatnot versus and and, and all the townspeople versus the Nightbreed. I think it's awesome, you know. Yeah. Especially watching this extended version, you know, it's the theatrical version. It's doable, but. Mm-hmm. I think if you're gonna, if you had a choice of which version to watch, of course we all go for the cabal cut. But if we're given this option, hey man, take it. More battle at Midian is fine by me. Um, I just realized said double feature painting. What is your double feature <laughs> pairing? Little monsters. Little friggin' monsters. It's because I know it's not a horror movie. No, I'm, but I'm, I really like that answer because. I was, no, because while you were outside. This movie's like, uh-huh. this movie plays like Little Monsters. Why didn't I think of that? Because while you were outside, I was like, I couldn't think of the movie. So I was going through your movie collection, like, what's the movie called? And I was like, I can't find it. I'm going to just go look up Girl Meets World and <laughs> look up the cast to find out. And it was like Little Monsters. It's like, it's a Little Monster. It's. Just like um, yeah, because they got that whole world. Uh huh. But it's like a kids' version of Nightbreed, like not as much horror and all that. I love that. That is amazing. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually wowed by that. And one of the monsters actually look like just like a monster in Little Monsters. Nice. One of the monsters. That, it's that blue, is has horns. perfect. Wow. <laughs> Nightbreed. Good job. Did you pick? <laughs> oh, Barker's more of illusions. Because it's, I've always felt that movie, Lord of Illusions, is kind of like a spiritual sequel to this, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, I'd actually watched the two of them back to back before, so I, I've already kind of mm-hmm. got a sense of what that's like. So yeah, I, I liked it. If it ain't broke, don't fix little it. Little monsters is a way to trick like little cousins or something like that. Like Zoe, if she has to see you night. Um, and they breed, I'd be like, okay, and just turn a little monster. But I'm changing my answer. <laughs> my double feature parent's also little monsters. <laughs> now, because I'm I said changing it. my answer to little monsters. <laughs> but, yeah, because now this I is the first. It. I am changing my answer to the same one as you because I love it that much. 
I'm going with Little Monsters, bar none. Yeah, it's an easy way to trick people who aren't allowed to see Nightbreed. So, uh, Star Power! What you got? Three. Three? That's it? Three? <laughs> Average? Three. It's a movie because, like... You know I, it's out of five, right? Yeah. What do you think I'm going to say? Five? Because the last... No. The last I'm film... I'm not expecting you to... I'm not expecting you to get out of fives. Did, the last one we did, I said five, and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, I know. So... I just went back and listened to the episode the other day. I know exactly you're what like, you're talking about. No, 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 We're not watching... <laughs> okay. But, um, three, because it's a movie I'd rewatch. I'd introduce it to, like, my friends. But it's not a movie, like, if someone, like, said, oh, what movie you want to watch, I wouldn't just go, Nightbreed. Like, I, it's not a movie that come to mind. All right, that's fair. Fair enough. You found it average. I like it. Um, it's a four for me. I, I, look, I'm not going to lie, kid. The majority of the films that we cover are going to be fours or fives because these, This is my first the, three. Yeah. You know. This is... There might be a three sneaking in somewhere. Or if I intentionally want to go over a bad movie. Yeah, for the most part, though. But for me, four. It's four. Yeah. Um, this is either my first or second three I've done. Because I'm pretty sure I did Reservoir Dogs, and that was either a four or a three. Okay. Yeah. Um, so normally this is when we announce the next movie, but the next movie... We, um, we're not doing that for this <laughs> season. Because we're going to be kind of treating this... October month. There's a lot going on. There's going to be some shuffling. I don't want to be held to a strict schedule. Yes, we're going to do... We're going to have our Mondays. We're going to Monday episodes will still be Thursdays, there. Thursdays, maybe not as much. It well, really just bear with us. Stay Stick stick to the social media and whatnot. Um, the next episode will be Monday. Mm-hmm. For sure, that is episode 10, and as we mentioned the last episode, our 10th episode is going to be a top 10. Of horror movies. We are doing, since we are in October, we figured, because the the idea is, every 10th episode for our podcast, we're going to do a top 10. To to start it off, we're doing Mm -hmm. top 10 horror movies, obviously. I think top 10 is going to be our longest episode. We'll see. It's we ten haven't movies. Even, we'll see. <laughs> it's not we'll one see. movie. We'll see. So, next episode, not a movie, but a top ten. Mm-hmm. Top ten horror films. Hers, mine, ours. That's it. I also want to remind everyone, you can check out our previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Facebook.com at... Mad Dad Movie Reveal. Instagram.com at... Mad Dad Movie Reveal. YouTube.com <laughs> at... Mad Dad Movie Reveal. And Twitter.com at... <laughs> Mad Dad Movie Pod. Email any questions, comments, requests, all that stuff to Review at gmail.com. And that is that. We are out of here. Peace. Oh, I'm Mad. And I'm Dad. <laughs> And peace. <laughs> this is Mad Dad Movie Review. Might as well just do peace. <laughs> I forgot. All right, guys, take one. care. It's Halloween. <laughs> Jeez. What was that for?